Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on the November edition of our monthly leadership podcast on Leading as Leaders. I'm your host, Avery Nesbitt. Hey, I am joined today live from San Francisco by Lev Kushner. He is the partner at the Department of Here. Uh, he has had extensive work in government with the Bloomberg administration in New York City, as well as the Lee administration in San Francisco. Um, and I think you are going to be in for a tremendous treat today. Lev, thanks for joining us on the call. Happy to be here. Hey, so you have done some pretty cool things in some pretty cool places. And some of the articles that you've written, you've done a good amount of work, a good amount of thought leadership on the subject of change. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's the fall, maybe it's the seasons that we're in, but uh, there's always change right around the corner. Um, The only thing constant is change. And I'd love for you to talk to us today just about the subject of change. Maybe people are going through their own transitions. Maybe they're going through their own um, things in their own life and their own leadership and their jobs and their families. How can we be better at change? How do we lead through change? And, And how have you seen it done best? Kind of talk to us today about what happens when you're faced with change. Uh, it's super interesting. And I should say that um, I come at this from a, a kind of a wonky perspective, right? Which is I have a city planning uh, background. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, I'm also from a family of rabbis, which gives me this kind of unique perspective, this intersection. I like to joke that I think I'm the, probably the only person in the world who went and got a city planning degree as a compromise between becoming a rabbi and being an architect. <laughs> okay. Because, because, I mean, ultimately what it is, is thinking about how communities express themselves with rituals yeah. and through, through traditions, um, and then it, it, how that intersects with the built world. Yeah. Um, and so what I like to do is kind of look at cities, Department of Here, our work is we help cities express their personality through rituals, through symbols, through words, um, because people have strong relationships with the cities they live in, the neighborhoods they live in. Think about like, I don't know if, you're, if your family still owns the house you grew up in, but like if they haven't, think about what it's like to, to say goodbye to that house. That's a right. person in your family, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I've just become really keenly aware of and interested in over the last few years is just how fast things seem to be changing. And it it may be because social media and kind of the ability to just hoover up news all the time makes it feel like it's changing more. It may not actually be changing, but it feels like it. And that's actually all that matters in the end. Um, And I don't think that cities do a good job of helping their residents deal with that change. Um, and I think that in today's world, and I'm sitting here in San Francisco in kind of the bastion of atheism, um, where religious institutions are on the wane. And I think, you know, nationally they are, they're, su- they're suffering. And I think that they have over the years offered that kind of foundation or like flotation device that helps keep people at the surface when they're buffeted by change, when the waters rise and everything's changing. It's like, okay, you still got your people. You still got your ritual. You got your community. Even if you're going to move, you can go and join a church or a mosque or a synagogue or whatever it is, wherever you go. And that's like, okay, there's the same, they're speaking the same language. 
they're they're still partaking of the same rituals. Maybe it's like slightly different flavor. The preacher's not as good. I don't know, but mm-hmm. like it's kind of got that same feel. Um, and so one of the things that we try to do is take kind of that toolkit that religious institutions have mastered over centuries and help cities realize that they actually have access to that same toolkit, mm. right? Um, they could help people with change in a way. Like there's so like a city is built up out of all these rituals and traditions, dropping your kids off at school, the garbage man coming Monday mornings, the newspaper being dropped off. Like it's just one layer after another of these rituals that you don't even see and process. And because cities are secular institutions, they're kind of loath to use the word ritual because mm. it's just, that's like not some, you know, church and state, they don't want to get involved in that. But they have the same access to stuff that they can, they have uh, infrastructure in place that they could be using. I just read an article yesterday, actually, the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I've never been, but I'm very interested in lately. Um, they have a foundation there, the George Kaiser Family Foundation, and they're trying to boost Tulsa. And one of the things that they've done is they set up this program where they offer people $10,000 uh, to defray moving costs to move to Tulsa. So, I mean, that's not going to keep you. That's just, okay. But then what they do is they, um, they give you a, a free membership to a co-working space where you can meet and network with other people. They set you up with monthly dinners so that you can meet other newcomers. Yeah. And then they send you out on free tours for the history and the culture of Tulsa, Oklahoma, which involves a lot of intense stuff right? It's not like the biggest and worst race riot was in Tulsa. And then there's just some amazing artwork and some old history there, like some really cool stuff. Um, And essentially what they've done is they've kind of offered for free up to something that cities could be doing, which is like, this is kind of this newcomer's office on behalf of a city, which is like, hey, are you here? Let me teach you about this place. Let me teach you about our rituals. Let me teach you about the funny, weird, quirky, idiosyncratic traditions that we have here in Tulsa And then the people come out of it, you know, maybe they don't stay forever. Maybe they just stay for a few years, but you get this, this group of people that are essentially cheerleaders for your city. And they're like, they've gone through a major change. Like think of if you've moved, even just within the same town, it's a pain. Like if you've got kids, I mean, I've got little kids, the logistics alone of like, I got to drive who, where, when, and pick him up and who's going to be that soccer practice is here. It's like all this stuff. It's like, you know, people don't, they think about change as this like, I don't know, very abstract concept, but it hits you right, you know, right in, right at the heart of, you know, your day-to-day existence. And cities could be building up these infrastructures to help people. Like there should be, uh, uh, you know, like in San Francisco, because we're in earthquake country, there are, every neighborhood has a team of, I can't remember what the acronym is, but they're like basically emergency people. They're in charge of like, if everything falls down, they know where the closest water is and they know how to get electricity. And I don't even know what, I, I'm not one of them. So I don't know what the training is. <laughs> yeah. But my point is they've got this network of people that help you in case of an emergency. Why don't they have a network of people who reach out to people who've just moved to town? Wow. Like why, why don't they, right? You know, it's hmm. something that I wrote in one of my pieces, right? Is humans are terrible at change, Yeah. right? We're just really, really bad at it. And, some of the things that make us feel more comfortable is like knowing the faces, knowing the routine, bringing a little piece of your history with you, yeah. right? 
I, I just am, am super fascinated in all the trends that are out there culturally right now that have to do with changing and, and uh, convenience, yeah. right? For example, there's, um, they just built an apartment building down the street from me here, which is actually not going to be an apartment. It's going to be these apartment hotels. I don't know if they have those in Atlanta where it's like, you can come and live here for a month. And then because you're a member of the organization, then you can go to Nashville and live in their building in Nashville for a few months while you work remotely. And then you're sick in Nashville. So you can go to Orlando or wherever else they have buildings and you can live there. And it's like, that sounds cool, but it's like, so you're always living in a sterile apartment that has none of your stuff in it. Like that sounds lonely. That's a lot of change. Yeah. Right. And that seems to be, I don't know, maybe that trend will taper off a little bit if the economy has a downturn and the tech industry slows, but there's a lot of people living like that, certainly in San Francisco. Um, and I wonder like, what are the psychological effects of that? How yeah. can we, how can we help them feel more rooted? And I, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, as someone who sees a lot of that, I see a lot of leaders coming and going and, and a lot of people who are experiencing change in their own environments how do we create some of those experiences for the people around us, the people looking to us uh, for stability? How do we right. create that change? How do we create that, that sticky factor? I feel that's like yeah. what you're saying. How do we no, that's exactly that it, the sticky, sticky factor. factor. For those that we lead. You know, I, I think this will resonate with you. One of the things that I picked up on growing up with a family of clergy is that at at life cycle events, like births, marriages, deaths, I don't know, communion, or what, you know, when a bar mitzvah is what I would say, but yeah. like at, at those moments, people are present, mm -hmm. right? Like people are there in a way that they're not, they get, they get like butterflies before they go into the room, even if they're just a, an audience member, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's someone you know and love watching them cross a threshold of life that really makes you present and just suddenly aware of like, man, I was there when she was born. Sure. Like those moments. And like, I remember when you, it's like, it makes you say all these things that are so cliche and trite because everybody says them at those moments. Right. right. Um, but you, what it does is it really, and it's surrounded by ritual, like the wedding ceremony, all these mm -hmm. things that you did that you've seen done a hundred times. It really locks you down. Like your feet are on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I don't think cities are going to get into that business, I think that um, there are like secondary and tertiary life cycle events that have similar effects that are sticky, right? Exactly like you're saying. Yeah. So for example, um, if a neighborhood retail district is saying to us, like, we want to form stronger relationships with our community, how can we do that? You know, we, we, have, a, we have a parade, we have all these sales and like, they're all kind of like, yeah, retail events. They're right, not, right, they're not right, that sticky. That but what I, what I like to say is like, you should reach out to the local school system. You should have preschool graduations in your plaza because then every time the parents come back to that plaza, they'll be like, that's where Jimmy graduated from preschool. You remember that baby? Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, that was a good day. That was a nice day. I remember that. That was right here. I remember standing right here. And like that connection between emotion and place yeah. is sticky. Yeah. You can do That's that like, like uh, there's a place in San Francisco, Coit Tower, which has, you know, uh, panoramic views of San Francisco Bay and the, and the big historic tower on the top. And a lot of people go there to have their wedding pictures taken day before their wedding or day of their wedding. Why aren't they offering a keepsake? 
Right. Like, it's like, you're there. Like, so you're there. Like, why do you link them to this place so that they, oh, they get a special thing that you only get if you go there for yeah. a wedding photo. So those are the ways I think you can make something sticky. You, you tap into, uh, and, and, and you can use like dramaturgy to, you know, make people present in way, you know, you can kind of turn up the volume on certain things to make, make those events feel specialer and more sticky, as you would say. Yeah. I love the idea of creating a connection or highlighting the connection between emotion and place. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what we do. I'm going to put that on my website. Yeah, that, you can have that. That's yours now. It's a free Create it here on Leading as Leaders. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I, think I love that idea. That is a rich concept. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, uh, the church that I'm sure you guys have is special and it's, uh, you know, it might be architecturally wonderful. It may not be, but it becomes special through the activities that happen inside it. Right. And it's the, it's the accrual of those memories over time that mm. makes that building special. As everybody walks into that room, they've all had special things happen to them. Mm. They've all been touched in one way or another in that room. And, and that makes the room imbued with holiness, Right. So like cities don't talk that way, but I do when I meet with them and they get a little squirmy, but it's like, that's what you want to do is you, you want to create that kind of holiness in your space. It's not everywhere. You can't do it everywhere, but you can create pockets of it in your city. And that defines who you are as a city that defines you as a community. So the idea of there are already these emotional moments happening. There's already these moments happening. It's, collecting them, identifying mm -hmm. them, and connecting it back to the where, the people, the, the environment around you. I'm already thinking, every time you say city, I think of my community, my, yeah. my, my tribe, my people around me. And as a leader, I can already think of several ways that I can connect what I'm already doing while leading with where we do it and, and, and embed that moment in- That's right. That's right. And I think, I think one of the challenges, right, it's funny that you said my tribe, because mm -hmm. I think there's a decrease in the sense, I don't think people talk about their city or their community that, as a tribe in the way they might have done 50 years ago. That's right. speculation. But I think like religiously, those people are your tribe, right? Yeah. You know them, you see them on Sunday, that's, that's your tribe. Yeah. But it's like, Outside of when you're all rooting for, I don't know, are the Braves in the playoffs? But like outside of when you're rooting for your <laughs> sports team, there's just not a lot of civic pride these days. Right. Right. And I think part of that is a result of the big sort, you know, is politically and culturally, the country is feeling more divided into our little corners than right. it maybe has been at moments where people feel like the path to success is easier. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that I'm working with communities to combat is that, you know, when, when, feel like resources, when people feel like resources are scarce, they all start self-dividing, yeah. right? They, they figure out whoever they think their tribes are, that, whether it's neighborhood or religion or ethnic or whatever it is, they sort themselves up. And that's, that's the bad direction for humanity to go. And so my goal is cities are the melting pots. Yeah. Right. Your community is diverse, I'm sure, in some way or another, yeah. whether it's socioeconomically or racially or whatever. And so the trick is to get people to like look across and say like, oh, that guy's doing the same thing I'm doing at the same mm. time. I don't know him. Right. But we're connected. 
right? So we're, we're both picking up our kids at this school. I don't know him. His kid's three years older than mine. I never seen him but like, huh, we're a community, right? And I think that's one of the, one of the magic things about rituals is they kind of reverse the, the flow is like you're standing in a room doing a physical action with a lot of people and you're all doing, it's all choreographed. You're all doing the same ritual at the same time. Right. And your brain says, well, then I must be similar to them. Right. Even if you're not like, even if outside of doing that ritual, you don't have that much in common, it wires you to be like, Oh, well, we're a tribe. Yeah. So, and I think you can do that throughout the city. Absolutely. That's I've, I can already see moments where I can take that and, and bring that back. Well, Lev, thank you. Thank you. This has been great. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, uh, for everyone, you can find out more about the department up here and everything that Lev's doing. Um, he tends to uh, travel around uh, quite a bit. I see him on uh, see him on this podcast. I see him on that website. So you can find him. You just just look around long enough, and you might run into him. You can find out more about everything that he's doing. You can find out more information uh, about what they're working on on leadingisleaders.com. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes or Stitcher, and hopefully something you said today helps you as you're leading as leaders. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.